0: With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
1: Hi, welcome to BT Sports' new podcast, Life's a Pitch. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by John Cross of The Daily Mirror and Martin Lipton of The Sun. Apologies to Morrissey, but heaven knows Louis van Haal is miserable now. Winning the FA Cup should be a career highlight, but will it be enough to save his job? Wembley losers Roberto Martinez and Kike Sanchez Flores are also in trouble. Mad in the case of the Watford manager, if you ask me. It's Euro week, City against Cristiano, and Liverpool against themselves. Leicester are playing like champions, while at the bottom, Sunderland's fate is in their own hands. But first United. Is Louis van Gaal's fate decided, Martin? Well, it probably should be,
2: but I'm not entirely convinced it is. Uh, If they were determined to get rid and appoint a certain Portuguese chap of whom we may have some cognizance, they'd have done it by now. They'd have done it in December. They'd have done it at any point in between, and they haven't. And Van Hal still believed that if he were to come forth and win the FA Cup, he would stay on. Ryan Giggs is under the apprehension that he could be offered the job still, whether to stay under Van Hal for one more year or to be offered it outright. And whilst the vast majority, I think, now of United fans just want this, this thing to end and would actually in some way not rather not win the FA Cup if it meant there was a chance of keeping Van Hal, clearly Ed Woodward is is vacillating heavily and not making a a, a definitive
1: decision at this juncture. So you're Edward Wood, John. Scary thought, maybe, but (laughs) stay or go? Well, I, I think if you are Edward Wood, you
3: A, pray that he finishes in the top four, B, also wins the FA Cup for a bit of silverware, but C, also, you've got to do everything, in my view, to keep Louis van Gaal at that football club. Otherwise, your own position, surely, becomes untenable. Because it's his appointment... He's backed to the hilt with, with support, with finance, um, with everything that's been said and done. And I just feel that, that as Martin rightly says, I do think if United had really wanted to replace Louis van Gaal with, with Mourinho at any point, that they could have done within the last you know four or five months. They've chosen not to. And I just feel that Louis van Gaal has given himself this stay of execution almost because reaching the FA Cup final... In the semi final, they showed what they're capable of. Mm. They really entertained us with with the sort of the pace, the movement, the imagination of Lingard, of Martial, of Rashford. And I I just think maybe it's coming together. I just feel that there's something within me that makes me think that U van Hull may yet see out his contract. Yeah,
1: because if you look at that performance in the semi final, Martin, as John alluded to, Pace, youth, width, invention, drama.
2: Manchester United. Absolutely. That's what they're supposed to be about. I mean, that's the the frustration for the supporters, that they haven't played like Manchester United. I think they could have accepted them not winning, getting the same number of points this season, if they played in a way which they see as a recognisably united style. But this patient, plodding, at times, just sleep-inducing style of football has turned off an awful lot of... Of United fans and you know the fact that they're advertising for ticket the tickets available for home games mm. says it all we talk about Manchester United the, even with the seventy odd thousand capacity you couldn't buy a ticket for love or money now they're trying to give them away mm. I mean it says everything about what's been going wrong this season and also how they've had the quality of players to do so much better
1: mm. what struck me about Saturday's performance was Wayne Rooney mm. not in terms of his personal performance but his contribution as a captain and as a sort of a, a father figure almost to those young players. He's, he's already talking about learning from Paul Scholes. Where do you see his role in the future, John?
3: Well, I do think he, could, he can drop deeper. I think he's proven that. I loved his performance on Saturday. I thought it was marauding. I thought it was really powerful. I thought he made a statement on the pitch. And I think the way that he barks out orders and leads by example can have a huge influence. In a deeper role, because that's basically the ideal captain's position, in my view, is in is in midfield, and so you can see everything in the pitch behind you, in front of you, and, and really marshal that. But I thought from from the early goal line clearances he did from Lukaku, right up until kind of you know raking fabulous 50, 60 yard pull, balls across. Rooney almost is reinventing himself. I love the fact that he spoke afterwards and he talked about being that father figure, how Ryan Giggs did that for him when he was the boy wonder and Giggs he was 30. Now he's 30 and he's doing the same for Martial and Rashford. It's, it's a wonderful sort of turning a full circle. But that Skulls role, I'm not sure whether he's, he's as good as Skulls, frankly, in going to be in the midfield, but we don't know yet. He could prove, That could prove to be a masterstroke because I don't think personally he can kind of reach the heights that he set himself in, say, 04, 06 you know, mm. and beyond for Manchester United and for England. So he's got to reinvent himself and I think he has got the the
1: technical ability and the vision to hopefully reach those heights mm. in midfield. One of the great constances of, of this season for United is the form of David De, De Gea. Best goalkeeper in the world for you? I think he's certainly up there. I, I think Neuer perhaps would
2: shade it. Um... Some would say that if he gets his uh, his positioning for crosses, right, Courtois could be better. There's others who would say uh, Luis is a fantastic keeper. I think De Gea is terrific. Without him, they wouldn't even be in the conversation for top four this season. He has saved them time and time mm. again in games. Um,
3: that penalty save.
2: Unbelievable. Uh, people, people
3: will talk about it being telegraphed and kind of also not in the, in the corner. the strength
1: of the hand. Exactly. It was amazing.
3: He absolutely belted that. And I think that De Gea is is not the most courageous goalkeeper in terms of like coming off his line to command the box. Lorisa, I think, is arguably the best sweeper keeper, even better than Neuer. And I think Neuer has his own strengths; he's a commander as well. But I think, in all aspects, you know taking everything into consideration, I think Courtois has lost his way, in my mm. view. Um, I just think De Gea is, is is up there as number one. I, I think in his own to... right, uh, because he covers every base.
2: I have mm. to say, I'd have, I wouldn't have had an argument with uh, Schmackle getting the position in the team of the year, the PFA team, mm. because I thought he's been absolutely brilliant this season because he's, he's shown, every time you're watching, you think, you can see who his father is because mm. of it, the way he, he's mm. bearing, some of the staves he makes, everything about him. And also, I was at the PFA dinner this week and at the end of the dinner, all the Leicester players are there, Schmacher makes a point of going over to the winner of the Women's Award, walks over to him and says, congratulations. I thought it was really a, ni- a mark of, of the bloke, actually. I was really impressed with that. He, he didn't need to. No-one was watching him. I just saw it and thought, that's a really... That, mm. that says something about the character of that, of that lad. Mm. While we're on that, mm.
1: you know, Marez and Delielli, fair, fair call? Yeah,
3: I... I... I think Deli Alley without question Mm. um, I think his young players head and shoulders I mean blimey I think Spurs have done two of the best transfer deals of of the year in Alderweireld and and Deli Alley. Deli Alley is just amazing business £5 million he's everything he will start for England at the Euros he's just been unparalleled as as a young player because I don't think of Harry Kane in that mould now, otherwise I know he is mm. but I think of him as a senior player and he's, he's right up there. I must say I couldn't argue with Mares. he was magical um, against Swansea, he won them the game with Vardy suspended Mares steps forward so I'm not going to argue with that but when it comes to the Football Writers' award, I know who I'm going to vote for and he, I think that, that he's a brilliant sort of champion in his own right and that's N'Golo Kante I've I I've also
2: I voted for Kante. Superb, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah.
3: superb, he's midfield Maestro. He just controls the game. He runs the majority of Leicester's games. And if you are controlling and winning the majority of Leicester's games and they are champions,
1: it has to be him. Leicester embody this season, you know, the unpredictability of it and, you know, the wonderful storylines that we're getting. In that context, Palace winning the FA Cup wouldn't be a bad fairy tale either, would it?
2: No, it'd be great. I mean, given the... uh... The history of the club and it's, it, it, it's been close to things but never quite, quite got there and to have a, you know, the player from the 1990 team who got them to Wembley with the winning goal in that semi-final now as the manager taking them back to Wembley and all of the memories of that will, start, will, be, will be great given there's new ownership there there's an, and it is a terrific ground to go to because of the atmosphere and passion of the fans and yes it would be brilliant I mean I, the fact that it's, it's, almost, it's almost meant to be they played United again because that's how they played in, in 1990 um but I thought they probably deserved it yesterday against against Watford. A great winning goal from, from Wickham, fantastic leap. Mm. And they've got the the weaponry to hurt United. You know, Belassi is a super player and they missed him when he was out. Mm. Um Zahar's got something to prove perhaps. But Punchin's had a really good season, mm. solid at the back, you know. I'm not so sure about Hennessy sometimes. If it comes down to the battle of the keepers, it's going to be United, mm-hmm, isn't it? Mm. But yeah, why shouldn't they? It would
1: be, it would be fantastic. Yeah, and Pardew's been saying you know, basically the FA Cup owes him something. Now, mm. it's interesting, you talk to the players who've, who've been under him, you know, he's got this sort of, you know, the flash you know, <laughs> sort of Ferrari toy boy type image, but if you look at him fantastic training ground coach really good man-manager and I know this wouldn't probably get too much airplay in Newcastle but He's, I think he's, you know, top quality. What do you think, John?
3: Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I do I do like him on a sort of on a personal level. I think he's a nice guy. He's very, very charming. Ran into him on the way back from Barcelona, you know, sort of uh, after watching Arsenal. He'd been out there to take in the experience and he's he is a very charming, personable fella. I think he's he's good with the players. I think he's definitely without doubt been tested to the limit in the second half of the season because I think that they are, there are definitely sort of kind of the big earners over there and then the kind of the palace born and bred if you like or sort of meat and drink it that would be a better phrase really over there and I think that it's been a difficult second half of the season in league terms their performance has been appalling and yet I actually said to him after the the, the win at Tottenham in the FA Cup run. What does the FA Cup mean for you? And he immediately said, and I think this is spot on. That he rolled out the story of the, of the nineteen ninety Cup run, and he said, if you ask anyone about Crystal Palace, what do they think of? They think of right and bright. They think of the the, the the Wembley, you know, days and the sort of the Man United final. And I have to say, forget everything that's gone with the league form this season. This season will be remembered because of Crystal Palace at the FA Cup final at Wembley. And I just think that's a great achievement for Pardieu and I think he's a really good manager. And I really hope, kind of, you know, Palace can feed off this, and yeah. regain some energy and momentum.
1: Mention of Barcelona, Martin. You know, as I said at the top of the show, it's Euro- European Week. Um, City against Real Madrid. City against Cristiano Ronaldo. Maybe, if he's fit. <laughs> assuming if he's fit. <laughs> this is a, a this is the sort of tie that basically two billion pounds pace for, isn't it, at City?
2: Exactly. This is what it was about. When they, when Sheikh Mansour came in, it was nights like Tuesday night and next Wednesday that it was supposed to be. But that was supposed to be the norm. They're supposed to be on the sitting at the high table with the European elite. Well, now they are. They've made it this season. They cracked that glass ceiling, which was a difficult problem for them. They couldn't get through it. They found themselves you know, getting tough draws and and getting really difficult games you know, Munich's and, and Barcelona's in the knockout phase and they've they drove from this year and they walked through it, that's all you can do and they did it pretty comfortably in, in the main you know, they had the important win in Kiev they did well to, to get through against PSG because they, they deserved that they played really well I thought on the, uh, on the second leg and overall I thought they played very well this is a step up again uh, even without Ronaldo at uh, uh, the weekend they managed to win because Bale turned the game around um, they have fantastic talents, but there is a weakness here. They're not the best defensively, A nor City. So you have to say that if City are going to win, it's going to be about the odd goal in seven over two games, you suspect, rather mm. than anything else. It's going to be that sort of thing. But in Aguero, they've got power. They've got the weapon In De Bruyne, they've got a player who can unlock any defence. I think the midfield energy of the, of the two, Fernando and Fernandinho, will be really important because they need to stymie... Um, Modric and co, and, and stop them, stop them dominating the game, and you know try and clamp down on Cruz and all those sort of things. But then you've also got to stop the best player for me at the moment in the world. Because whilst I would love, to, I would pay to watch Messi to win a match for me on a one-off basis from with my life on the line. I'd I play Ronaldo because I think he's got that in him, the physicality and everything else, and he is a wonderful, wonderful player. And they got stopping him over two legs is really tough.
1: Yeah. Gareth Bale has had to put up with almost like the Ronaldo phenomenon in terms of the politics and and the influence that he wields at that football club at Real Madrid. I think he's shown fantastic maturity, John, you know, since going over there. You know, he's had one or two injury issues, but again, when he has the opportunity to seize control and, and, and win a game as he did at the weekend, he's done so. Do you think he's a much better player now than he was at Tottenham? Massively.
3: I think he's improved no end. He's bold, he's brave. I think his performance levels are outstanding. I just think the best comparison you can make is that he was obviously a match winner for, for Spurs. He won them games week in, week out at Spurs. Um, so he was spectacular then in his final season at Warr Lane. But you can bet your bottom dollar that if they brought him back, transported him in, back into that team uh, as he is now, he would be, I think, fifty percent better, even more perhaps. I'm so full of admiration for a player that, without doubt, has had opportunity to come back. There's been offers. There's been, you know, kind of, you know, lots of lots of talk and lots of genuine interest. Not Man United and people yeah, like that. Absolutely, but he's. Said, I'm determined to stay, I'm determined to succeed. I'm amazed that more English players don't, or, or British players, I should say, uh, don't go out and try to succeed. Um, I think, abroad. I think he's taken courage. I think he's evolved. He will expand his brain. I think he will expand his tactical now, his his footballing brain as well. And I just think he's... I'm full of admiration for him, and I think he will go from strength to strength. If Ronaldo is coming down off the curve... He's still on the way up. He's still very much on the way up. He's a world superstar and a world-class superstar in my eyes, no doubt.
1: The other... Have a quick look at the other semi-final... It's, you know, we we managerise things these days, don't we? This is Pep against uh, Simeone. What are you expecting from that one? Um, two very distinctive philosophies. Yeah. I mean, one
2: is, is an imaginative uh, coach who believes in, in the purity of the game, and the other believes in winning by any means necessary. And there's nothing wrong with that. The romantic would want to see uh, Real Madrid, sorry, um, Bayern Munich win because of the way they play the pragmatist, the roundhead, as it were, would want to see Simeone. And I think it would be tough because Juventus were able to play sit and hit against Munich. And if they'd scored the third, which they should have done from Quadrado, that would have been all over. There was no chance of that comeback. And they defend extremely well. We know that, Atletico. And in Griezmann, they've got a player who can certainly take advantage. And this rejuvenated, in recent weeks, Torres as well. Mm. I think they've got more than a puncher's chance. I think that actually... Atletico will go through and, and, and be in the final. I think they,
1: they, they would be my choice. That happens. Mm. We're going to have a whole load of back-page headlines, Simeone for England at some stage. Are we missing a little bit of the point? You know, it was linked with, with Arsenal. Now, mm. spiritually, I can't see that working. You know that club far better than I do. What do you think? Absolutely no chance.
3: I think mean, people people kind of touting him for Arsenal don't know the dynamics and the politics of the club. It would com- be a, need a complete and utter culture change and culture shift for Arsenal to, to go for Simeone. And I don't think they'd embrace that at any stage. I mean, look, I'm an I'm admirer of Simeone, but I think you see his antics at the weekend. <laughs> it was straight bizarre. out of the Mourinho playbook. The second ball on the pitch. <laughs> the second ball on the pitch to kind of break <laughs> up the play. I mean, it's the most cynical thing you've ever seen. I, I do think he is a very good pragmatist and kind of a tactical genius and a very good defensive coach but someone said to me yesterday Guardiola is the best defensive coach in the world it, <laughs> <Yeah>. because basically yeah he just he, he makes the players work so hard and he drills them it was really it's Pep Guardiola basically it, it was the fit for Arsenal the times weren't there it was never really on but I do feel that they felt that Guardiola would have wanted to come to Arsenal over Manchester City and I think that they felt that was on. For Arsenal now to be touted with, with Simeone, for people to suggest that as, a, as a, some sort of anything else than a pipe dream as an actual
1: reality,
3: it just shows that they don't know what they're talking about because that club mm. can't have Simeone.
1: One of the great highlights of the season for me was the Europa League, Liverpool you know, beating Dortmund in that manner. Incredible. Fantastic. Fantastic. And you know that's a real throwback to the, the European nights of the 80s. What about this tie against Villarreal? I I watched the the game on TV uh, against Sociedad yesterday, 0-0 draw. You look at that and you think, well, Liverpool should go through here quite comfortably.
2: Yeah, you look at that maybe, but then you look at a team that's beaten uh, Real Madrid, beaten Atletico Madrid and drawn with Barcelona at home, doesn't score many goals, Uh, only scored 42, I think, this season in La Liga, but only conceded 30 odd. They are very, very tight defensively. Uh, and they will be hard to break down. It, I see, You know, we're talking about best best well, odd goal in seven to win the City tie. Odd goal in five, really, I think, at, at best. In fact, I, if, this, if the spread was five, I'd probably sell over the two legs. I think it'd be very, very taut and tight. Uh, and Liverpool are losing key players. You know, with no Chan, no Henderson, no Origi has become a key player. Benteke is still out, who were are in. Or not not really fit. Mm. How fit is Sturridge? We you know you've got to play. Can he play two games in a week? We don't know. I think he got a brilliant goal at the weekend. He's a fantastic player. He, he
1: does look on form, doesn't he?
3: Yes, yes, absolutely. He does. You know, um, you know. I think Sturridge is a top top player, isn't he? Really, and um, he's sort of kind of coming back. But it's just whether he has got that match fit, fitness and sharpness um, to I play two that's in a week. This is the yeah, issue? Mm. absolutely. And now, really, has he got any option? I, I, one thing I would say is I wonder whether. He he could sort of perhaps shift it and kind of play away from home with Firmino. With, yeah, with yeah. with, a, with the, almost the Firmino. But do you not want Firmino. to get
2: get it get because the away do, goal makes such a difference? Yeah, mm-hmm. I
3: do. I just feel that, that at the moment the energy that Klopp. At, at Anfield, and he feeds off the crowd, and it's an amazing atmosphere. It was just a privilege to be there for for that um, Dortmund game, and I do think that that can fire and perhaps be Liverpool's best weapon. I think that Liverpool will go through over over the two legs. It won't be easy. But I do think it's almost becoming a very different game plan for them. I wouldn't be surprised if they went without a sort of a natural strike and went Firmino up top for the for this sort of first leg, and then went all guns blazing if you like for the for the second mm-hmm. game. But Klopp is so entertaining, right? But the
1: now. last thing he needed, and I can understand his anger, was Mamadou Sakho and you know the revelation that, he failed a drugs test. Now, obviously, you know we don't know whether he's going to go for the B sample. But if it's very
2: is, rare that the B sample results are different to the A sample, true. so we've got to assume that he has he's going and to so test peasant.
1: He basically is looking at realistically six months out. I think it could be longer, I think it could yeah. be twelve months. In this day and age when footballers are told Ad infinitum, if you take anything, check show the doctor, check. Does this surprise you? I think it's mind blowingly crass for any player
2: to take a substance in whatever form. Yeah, we're dealing concept. here
1: with you know French reports which were picked up by the inter- internet that it was a fat burner.
2: Yeah. I'm 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 willing to believe that's the case. Mm. Um, you know, there's no reason for that to have come out if it wasn't wasn't true because even if it isn't, we'll find out soon enough anyhow because they'll announce it. So there's no point in lying because you're mm. going to find out anyhow. So that's probably what it was, but mind-blowingly stupid of the player.
3: To mm. do that, because in athletics, I just think you rewind in athletics, say ten, fifteen years, and that the phrase was absolute responsibility. You've got to have absolute responsibility for what is in your body and you, in your bloodstream. You've got to be so careful. Um, I do think, obviously, reading the papers this morning, you, you look at it, and there's a suggestion that he struggled with his weight under Brendan Rodgers' reign. He's been a fantastic defender for, for Liverpool. He's really come to the fore. He's a warrior. What he lacks in technique, he makes up in, in for commitment. It is heartbreaking, but I think for many, many years we've wondered: does football has a pro- have a problem? Have we run away from it? To my mind, I just don't feel it's as big. It can be as big an issue as it is in athletics, because we are talking about kind of players trying to enhance their performance. If they do do that, I think the risks,
1: you know, are great. Um, because the rewards are that much well, bigger, exactly, and, and that really encourages the sort of cynical thought that why should football be any different to cycling we, or athletics we, we know, or any other sport? We,
2: we know that there were huge issues in Italy twenty years ago at Juventus mm. uh, and Milan. It is inconceivable to suggest that these things stopped in one country, or, or, or they stopped to the other channel. I mean, mm. if clubs think they can get, clubs will do whatever they can do to win that's within the rules. If they think they can get away with it, because it's a p- competitive industry. I mean, I'm not being mm. critical. That's just what it is. Every club, I'm not claim, blaming any one club, because I don't know. Players likewise. And I think there are... There is a, it, it, we can't be so oblivious to the reality and say, oh, no, it's not a problem for football. Mm. I, I'm not saying it is a problem for football. I'm not saying it is a widespread issue in football. But to just blithely say no no it can't be that is head in the sand that is nonsense we can't take that approach
1: one other big issue in football is managerial insecurity john Mm -hmm. now the losers in the semi-finals roberto martinez has been under huge pressure wouldn't really be a surprise to see him go at everton what about sanchez flores i just can't get my head around the fact that watford would get rid of him it is a bizarre one
3: but i'm absolutely convinced he's gone and basically also furthermore that Watford have their man their new man in place and it is a strange one um, Flores will be subject to a end of season exhaustive review of 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 tactics of signings of of results of, of absolutely everything and look we, we know so we're you're long saying enough gonna in the it's going to be business, a firing in squad exactly we we we're long enough in in the business to know what does an end of season review nine time nine times out of 10 means it means you're P45. I think he doesn't want to go. I, my understanding is that he would like to stay in England um, and he would ideally like to, uh, ideally, stay at Watford. So it was his decision to put in a 12-month break clause in a two-year contract. I do think he thought at first it would, it would perhaps be a gateway, Watford, to, to a big club, but he's well, enjoyed and it. And, and he's Valencia are out there, though, aren't they? Absolutely, well, yeah, and I think he could there go before. there. Mm. I think he's done fantastic. The counter-argument in this is that basically he's what their fifth manager in 10, 12 months. Mm. And each and every time that they've replaced someone, there's been an upgrade and they've progressed and pushed on. I do see that the second half of the season results have been cup run apart, have been a concern. Um, and I do think that that's, that's a worry. Having said that, Sooner or later, your luck is going to run out and you are going to make a bold, ambitious, crazy left-field appointment um, that that everyone thinks is a bit mad and it's going to be
1: a disaster. Like Claudio Ranieri at Leicester. Now (laughs) that worked out badly, didn't it?
2: I thought it was the most ludicrous managerial appointment I had ever witnessed. And I could not have been more wrong. It's been absolutely inspired. He has been... Remarkable. And if you look at his career post-Chelsea, the only thing he did really well was getting Monaco up when they had a budget of umpty-ump billions. You know, there mm. was no great feat. He was an, an underachieving manager over a considerable period, post, mm. post his time at Valencia, really. And now look at him. It's the greatest footballing triumph there has been. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, I know people say, oh, but Forrest won the ch- European Cup twice... They did, and that was remarkable. But it was a much more equal era. They were mm. not super clubs. Look at the budget Leicester have got. Look at the players Leicester have got. Look at the way they've gone about it from start to finish. And that's the manager. The manager has been outstanding. And you were there on Sunday. John. Mm. The atmosphere is amazing, isn't it? P- pre-match, it was
3: the best. I've covered quite a few games this season. The pre-match on Sunday in particular it was it was electric because. I think the, the team responded, Ranieri responded, and the fans responded. They, they, every time that adversity has hit them, i.e. losing Vardy on this occasion, who I just think, I thought before the game, how are they going to cope without him? Because he is what Leicester are about. Because they sit deep, they defend, hit them Vardy in. goes with pace yeah. and makes them a counter-attacking unit. And those unit.
2: diagonals were the key to the
3: season, Absolutely, and from I just drink, felt water yeah. people like The, the that, whole yeah. point about it was, though, before the game, the crowd were noisier. They held up banners and, you know, history makes us what we are, was the sort of, you know, written across the the sort of the cop end at Leicester. And it was just just a wonderful occasion and basically everyone responded and that has been the story of their season. So how do they respond to losing their top goal scorer? They go and record and enjoy their
1: biggest win of the season. That's Leicester in a nutshell. Mm. And I thought, if you look at the influence of a manager, Rafa Benitez at Newcastle, you know, that comeback at Liverpool, I think, was pretty significant. But I think the fact remains that Newcastle sacked Steve McLaren too late, didn't they? I think so, yes.
2: I think if they'd uh, done it a month earlier, they'd probably be OK now. Because it, it, it's always going to take Benitez three or four games just to get his, his thoughts across and his philosophy across. You can't expect it to go like that when you've had no time with them. Now he's had a chance to work with the players properly, you're seeing the benefits. I mean, we helped. help they were given a great fixture with Swansea at home. Mm. But that was off the back of the shambles at, at Southampton when they looked gone for all money. And that was like the Watershed moment, wasn't it? He mm. basically said, look, this is it. This is as low as it gets. We must come. And they have. They've responded and they've got points on the board. Still tough for them. It really is. I mean, two out of three to go with Norwich having Watford at home, which should be a gimme. So that mm. you should, they should well, they win knew that game. Well,
1: I Palace at home, which you have thought they should win yeah. quite. But, it's,
2: it, but then they've still got to get more points because mm. they're behind, they're trailing. Mm. It's, it's incredibly tight. It's going to go to the wire, isn't
1: mm. it? Mm. Now, you know, Arsenal play a part in this. You know, that goalless draw against Sunderland and they've got Norwich on the way up. With that draw, what did you think? You know, at least Sunderland have got, got it in their own hands now, haven't they? They
3: have. I, I've felt for, for a while now that, that sort of Sam Allardyce, with his extra experience and kind of nows, I think he looks... What I like about Sam Allardyce in this, in this situation is that he exudes confidence and power on the touchline. And I think that he stands there as almost as a symbol of Sunderland and kind of, you know... Whether you like I love, it or not... I, I love it when he's on a touchline. He's lounging yeah. back. So he's in a remarkable. deck chair. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, that bust-up at Norwich, you know, with sort of with fisticuffs on the touchline, it's amazing. And, you know, the FA have now sort of kind of, you know, taken some action, haven't they? But I just thought that was <laughs> out of touch. He's just... You never know quite what you're going to get from him. But I think the... the look, I think that he's got them drilled as a unit. And I think that Newcastle feasted upon Liverpool's sloppiness, I think, to to many ways at Anfield on on Saturday. And I still feel that Sunderland now, back in their own hands, I think they've got slightly kind of fixtures. It's still going to be tough, but no-one will... relish going to to the stadium of light no one at all and I think that that what Allardyce brings is kind of this exude to this confidence Mm. they're hard to beat, they're robust they're tough and I think of all the teams, sort of, well the three teams
1: that are down there, I do think it will be Sunderland ultimately who stay up. Now it looks like relegation is going to go down right to the wire to the final fixtures Martin but let's go to the present European week as we said, we've got Liverpool in there, we've got Man City in there do you see either of them answer the question for both of you winning a European trophy
2: I think Liverpool have got a chance of beating Sevilla in the final I don't see City getting through
3: I'm definitely going to go for Liverpool I do think they've got a chance and um, I can't see Man City overcoming Real Madrid I thought they would I fancied them I don't know why against PSG but I don't see them making it sort of a miracle twice against Real Madrid. But really fancy Liverpool. I just think there's something about Klopp and it's a wonderful feeling.
2: But just one thing. What if City finish fifth, get to the Champions League final, play Bayern Munich? Guardiola has to lose to be in the Champions League next season.
1: Get your conspiracy (laughs) theories in quick. But I, like John, I see there's a whiff of destiny about Jurgen Klopp. Liverpool to win the Europa League and get into the Champions League. Job done. Thanks for joining us here on Life's a Pitch.